Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. If you are a woman in business, you've likely run into this problem at some point in your career. I've definitely encountered it. Most of my female clients have encountered it. And whenever I bring it up to another woman, they're really quick to chime in and share their experience of how and when it happened to them. The numbers don't lie. The research shows that women do get interrupted more often in meetings than men do. They're given less credit for their ideas. And in some instances, women are even penalized for speaking out more. Now I'm gonna pause here for a second for some good old gender disclaimers. Now I'm gonna be using somewhat data categories talking about women as opposed to men. And I do acknowledge that this is by no means inclusive and doesn't account for anyone who identifies as non-binary. And I think it's important to really reveal that I have done limited amount of coaching work with individuals who identify as non-binary. So I don't feel, and I don't have any statistics around this either. With all the research that I've done, it's really just looking at women as opposed to men. So... Because I don't have the expertise, I'm not going to specifically address that, but I just wanted to make sure that I acknowledge and identify this up front. All right, I wish I had better data and more experiences. However, I'm only able to speak on what I've had experience on thus far, and I don't want to make any assumptions going forward or speaking on behalf of a group that I don't have the right or the experience to speak on behalf of. However, that being said, if you have any insights or any perspectives, wisdom or knowledge that you are open to sharing with me, either directly or anonymously, I would love to hear it and would love to update this episode with any stats or insights that you have to share. And the other thing that I want to mention off the top is that this scenario that I'm presenting has exclusively been claimed by women. Now to date, I've never had a male client experience this scenario or complain about it or speak to it. However, I can say that it likely has happened to a man, specifically I would say a man of less power or a man of color. And so this is an episode for women and I'm gonna present the scenario on behalf of women But I also want to keep an open mind that there's probably other people who have experienced this type of situation for themselves. So here is the scenario. There is a bunch of people sitting in a meeting around a boardroom table having an open discussion about a topic. One of the women chimes in to share her idea for a new product that we could be launching. Her suggestion falls in deaf ears. Complete, total, crickets. After she finishes speaking, there's silence in the room. No one pipes in to confirm or deny that it was a good idea, to acknowledge that she even spoke, just complete radio silence. So the conversation moves forward and approximately, oh, about five minutes later, you know where I'm heading with this, one of the men chime in and they share the exact same product launch idea that was just put forward by the woman in the room 
and everyone in the room chimes in to acknowledge and support his, in air quotes, his idea. Now, the woman is understandably frustrated and wonders, am I invisible? Did no one hear me? She just shared the exact same idea. And no one rushed in to support her. So what the heck is going on here? Well, if I had a dollar for every single time someone shared this experience with me, I would be a very rich woman. I hear this scenario over and over and over again. So here's a look at what we're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain all of the factors that are at play here that really lead to cause this scenario to happen. In the second segment, I'm going to share a tool called amplification that the amazing women of the Obama administration leveraged to make sure that their voices were being heard. And then in the third segment, I'm going to give you some tips that will help you to find a new perspective with this scenario. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So what gives here? What is happening to this woman in the meeting? Why is she not being seen or heard? Why are others leveraging her ideas and getting credit for them? Now, this is a very real thing and a very common scenario. And it feels as though every woman that I talk to has had an experience like this that she can share to me. Maybe not even one, probably multiple times that this has happened to her in her career. Now, to be honest, I've never actually had a male client bring this scenario to me before. I've never had them bring it up. So, but I can't help but wonder, are there, are there men who experience something similar? Do they feel marginalized, especially, like I said in the, earlier in the intro, especially for men of color who have experienced their ideas being ignored or maybe even rejected in a group meeting or worse yet, being stolen by someone else? And then when we put gender and we put race aside, I also hear a similar complaint from introverts who attend meetings. They don't often feel like their ideas are being taken seriously, that their ideas aren't welcome, or quite frankly, they don't even have the space in the conversation to share their ideas. So I kick off this conversation with the context of women. And I know that this is a very real scenario. I know that it happens. I've experienced it. I hear complaints all the time. But I also, for the purpose of this discussion, want to open up this scenario to anyone who feels like their voice or their ideas are not being supported in a group setting. Or worse, their ideas are being appropriated by someone else in the meeting who has a louder voice than they do. So there are a couple of things that are going on in this scenario. The first one is that there could be unconscious bias going on in this meeting dynamic. And people don't necessarily expect you to have good ideas. They've made up some story about what they think you are capable of, or they don't value your ideas for some reason. Let's face it, as much as we don't want it to be true, we do often get pigeonholed in our workplaces. People put us into certain categories, certain silos, and then it's hard to ever break out of that mold when we grow or we change or when we want people to see us differently. Unconscious biases are social stereotypes about certain people 
that individuals form outside of their own conscious awareness. We all hold unconscious beliefs about various social and identity groups, and they can be very, very damaging if we allow them to remain unconscious. When we consider unconscious bias, it's really something that happens outside of our control. We can't impact it at all. And quite frankly, the person holding the bias likely can't even control it because they don't even know what they're doing. This is why it's so dangerous to have unconscious bias and why companies need to educate their staff and encourage people to explore what their biases are and commit to doing things differently. But what in this situation can we actually control? Well, one thing you can impact in this situation is your personal brand and how you show up. So personal brand is more of a long-term fix. It's not going to give you an instant Band-Aid solution. It's not going to instantly shift the way people see you or for them to recognize your ideas or what your career aspirations are. It's something important that we all need to do, and it is a bit of a long play solution. One thing that you can do is that will have an immediate impact is to ask yourself, how confident am I being when I present my ideas? Am I just casually mentioning them and hoping that people will recognize them? Or am I pitching my idea with total confidence and clarity that will invite people to really consider them? One very damaging behavior that I watch clients do is, specifically female clients, is something called uptalk. Now, this is defined in Tara Moore's book called Playing Big. She outlines a number of different things that women do to undermine themselves at work. And I think it might be beneficial for us to do an episode about this in the future and talk specifically about some of these things that we do as women. And I think not only women will benefit from that, but anybody who works in a corporate workplace and wants to have more of a presence or wants to be taken more seriously. Now, up talk is when you raise the pitch of your voice at the end of a sentence. So when you ask a question, your pitch gets higher at the end of a yes or no question. When women use up talk, their statements sound questioning. They sound tentative. And this is where we start to lose credibility in a group setting. Now, the research that has been done on UpTalk, it's specifically done on women. It demonstrates that listeners think that the person using the UpTalk is not sure if what they are saying is relevant or even valuable to the discussion at hand. There's a built-in apprehension in how they are saying what they are saying. And that apprehension may lead to other people not really listening to what they have to say and definitely not taking it seriously. Another common thing that women do is a sing-songy tone, you know, used by women, something that makes them come across as less authoritative. They drag out certain words. They go up and then they go down. And it's almost like they're telling a story instead of making a point. I see clients do this all the time, and when I point it out to them, they're not even conscious or aware that they're doing it. And it is something that we really leverage from, you know, social media or the way that we are socialized as women, but we can't be carrying that into the business world. So as we start to unravel the situation, we see that there are some biases that are just out of our control. 
Yet, there are some things that we do that we can control, specifically long-term things and also short-term things that we can really have a control over and an impact. So let's talk about the women of the Obama administration and find out what they did to make sure that they were being seen and heard. And I'll take any opportunity that I can get to talk about either of the Obamas, especially in the context of leadership, because I think that they both demonstrate such a great example of powerful yet humble leadership. And they also have such an admirable relationship with a real true balance of power. Michelle's infamous catchphrase, when they go low, we go high. Well, that could definitely serve us well in the corporate world. I think we could all benefit from that. A couple of years ago, I actually read Michelle's biography, and my mind was blown by how candid she was about their life about their struggles in their relationship around fertility and some of the things they struggled with on the campaign trail and in their marriage, specifically on her image. That was something that she really had to spend a lot of time adjusting over the years. And I got to say, it paid off. Now, I loved Barack's book too, although it was really long, really incredible, but really long. And I think part two of it is coming out still too. So, He does, in particular, identify himself as a feminist, as does our Prime Minister in Canada, Justin. Now, Obama's administration goes down in history as one of the most diverse in history because of all the appointments that he made in his executive to women and people of color. When he first took office, two-thirds of his top aides were men, and women complained that they struggled to be present in important policy meetings. And when they were present... Their ideas weren't accepted in the same way that the men's ideas were. So they adopted a brilliant tool called amplification. And here's how it works. When a woman in the room made a key point, other women would jump in to repeat the point and also immediately recognize and give credit to its author. This is called amplification. Now this way, it forced the men in the room to recognize the contribution because it was being emphasized more than once. And it also denied them the opportunity from bringing up the idea later and taking credit and claiming it as their own. So the women claimed that this strategy paid off and Obama started to call on women more and more and also on his junior aides so that by the time the second term rolled around, women finally gained parity with the men in his inner circle. So... If Obama's staff can use this technique in a male-dominated political landscape, then I think we can definitely use it in the corporate world, too. So, if this episode is really striking a chord with you, and you feel like you're not being heard on some level, then this is your invitation to take action, to start a dialogue, Start sharing this episode with others and begin a conversation about what you are experiencing and what you want to change. Have a conversation with others in your office who you suspect might be experiencing the same thing that you are. And this is a great chance for me to sneak in one of my favorite quotes. It's a quote from Madeleine Albright, 
and she says, there is a special place in hell for women that do not help other women. Now, if you notice that this is happening in a meeting, definitely call it out. Start using the amplification technique right away and see what kind of impact it has. You don't need to have a formal discussion about it. You don't need to create an alliance before you start using it. You can do all those things, but don't wait around. Start making change today. Just dive right in, and I guarantee that people will start to pick up what you're putting down, especially anyone who's been marginalized in the past. I guarantee they will see what you are doing, and they will jump right on board with you. Now, for those of you who listen to this episode, and you really have never, ever experienced this scenario, you don't feel as if you've been marginalized, you don't feel like you've been ignored or had your ideas even stolen then I have a special invitation for you. This is your opportunity, if you aren't already, to become an ally, to leverage your power and your privilege to help others out. Now, this can be a formal capacity. It could be part of being part of a group, starting a group, or joining a group, an ERG that exists in the company. Or it can be something that is more informal, where you dive in and use your voice in real-life scenarios when people are present in the room, and when they're not present. So bottom line, now that you know that this problem exists, and it does, you can not unsee it. You've seen it, you can't unsee it. It's time for you to be part of the solution. This is your invitation. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on making sure that your voice is heard. There is definitely a call to action here for everyone. If you've had the boardroom scenario happen to you, regardless of if you are a woman or not, then you know how frustrating this can be. And you have the amplification tool now at your disposal. Name what you're seeing to others and take action to change it. Share this episode with someone. Start a dialogue. It's a great place to have a conversation and share your experiences. And if you shook your head when you listened to this scenario and you can't believe that this really happens to people, then this is your invitation to be an ally. Start to advocate for colleagues who aren't being seen and heard. Start by sincerely asking the question, has this ever happened to you? I think one of the pitfalls that allies have is that they have a hard time accepting that things like this really actually happen. And I think it's because for them, they would never in a million years imagine themselves treating another like this. And so they have somewhat blinders on and they don't always see what's going on with other people because they would never in a million years disrespect a woman or a member of the BIPOC community like that. That makes it hard for them to really truly recognize or accept that there's a problem here. But... As we have discussed and in this episode and as we raise our consciousness, we start to see that, yes, there is a problem here, a massive gap. And as an ally, you need to start to take action and be part of the solution. So there's a lot of content in here today for you to think about and lots of actions for you to take. Please don't keep this episode to yourself. Start a dialogue, share it with someone who can relate or someone who really needs to hear it. Thanks for tuning in today and I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday 
for another amazing episode. And remember that any fear, any resistance that you hold deep inside of you is simply just your greatness in disguise.